Welcome to the Mindful Gal podcast. My name is Alyssa Rattery. I am a mindset coach, certified health coach, and a wellness enthusiast. I chat about all things mindset, lifestyle, mindful living, and wellness. My intention is to help you elevate your being so you can live a fulfilled life. And I'm here to remind you, you are worthy of living your best life. If you're looking to elevate your mindset and life, you are in the right place. I am so happy to have you here, friend. Let's chat. Hello, my sweet friends, and welcome back to the Mindful Gal podcast. I hope you are having a wonderful day as you're listening to today's episode. I am so happy to have you here, and I'm extra excited because today is going to be a special episode because I'm going to have a guest with me today. We are going to be chatting all things self-care, creating time for rest, creating routines that support rest and self-care, and all things intentional living. So I cannot wait to dive into that, but let me first introduce you to our guest, who is Livia Boyer. Livia offers a fresh approach for self-care and teaches that it's never too expensive, time-consuming, or long bubble baths surrounded by candles. She is on a mission to help high-achieving female entrepreneurs redefine self-care on their terms, find calm, and live intentionally so that they can find clarity in their personal and professional lives and live a life free of overwhelm. And I connected with Livia on Instagram, and I absolutely love what she is doing, creating, and sharing, and supporting women on such a deep level. So I cannot get wait to get into this interview with her, so let's dive right in. Hello, Olivia, and welcome to the Mindful Gal podcast. Thank you for coming on today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to dive into today's chat with you to share with our listeners. Um, I thought it would be great to start today if you could just share a little bit about yourself, kind of your story, your journey, um, just about you. Yeah, I would love to. So I'm a corporate dropout, (laughs) um, and I wanted to always throughout college and after college I've always wanted to work in fashion and be like a editor-in-chief of like a cosmopolitan and just wanted to wear like power suits and work in a high-rise and just live to work basically and I did a couple internships and then after college I worked in fashion and I just realized that wasn't actually what I wanted to do because it was just so fast-paced it was kind of a toxic work environment and so Um, It took a while until I realized that because I was torn between wanting to have like a really, on the outside, shiny career that looked great and impressive, um, but then also wanting to just have, because I'm, I'm really sensitive to stress, and so I was torn between that, but also wanting a more relaxing and not easy, but just a more calm life and career and so after a lot of back and forth and not being sure what to do and whether I should just stay in corporate because that's what you do and um, 
uh, after lots of soul searching and then also COVID happening, I decided to quit my job uh, last April, actually, the day COVID was announced a pandemic, which was great timing. Wow. <laughs> That had me considering asking back for my job because, you know, at the time, like probably everyone, we were thinking, well, this will blow over in a month max. And so when it didn't, I I got a little nervous, but it all worked out. Um, so now I'm a self-care coach at Mate with Lemons Co. And even until I got here, I started my business as a VA. And then I shifted into being a Pinterest manager. And then I, I, I like to say I've arrived where I am now because I really love the self-care aspect. And throughout COVID too, I realized that no matter what's going on in the world, self-care is always going to be there or not even necessarily self-care, but it's always going to be important to us to take care of ourselves because that's something that's in our control regardless of what's happening in the world. And so I wanted to focus on that and specialize in that because I personally really have always enjoyed anything around self-care and skincare and just taking care of myself and I've probably taken mental health days a little bit too uh, loosely because I would call, call them safe for work because I realized well maybe I should just have like a little mental health day today and so <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm originally German and so in Europe as a whole the work and where culture is a lot more relaxed and a lot more focused on work-life balance. And I think that contributed to that too, that I just didn't want to work all the time. And when I didn't feel good, I just wanted to make the time to feel better. And um, when I was still working in corporate actually in New York, I was burned out, but not necessarily because work was so stressful, but because of more the mental aspect of it, of feeling like it wasn't right to just commute two hours every day and um, just make small talk with people you don't really care about and you have to be on all the time and you have to like eat at your desk to be shown as super productive and committed mm -hmm. and dedicated to your employer and so that just never sat right with me and I actually ended up getting sick quite a lot from from that burnout and from that stress and so I just wanted something on top of wanting to get out of like the toxic corporate work culture, I wanted to create a life that supported my well-being first. And so flexibility is a huge thing and freedom that are big values of mine. And so that's what I created now. And that was kind of the first priority. And then the second was, okay, how am I actually going to make that work? With What am I going to offer? But it all worked out and I'm really happy with where things are at now and what I'm doing now and who I'm helping. I that is so awesome. I absolutely I love that. And we have um, the listeners are aware I have a very similar story. Um, and I think it's really important to share how important, you know, taking care of our well being is, um, even when it comes to, you know, a job, because that's not really normal, you know, in our culture of, you know, we just have to work and it is what it is. But um, Last year, I decided not to return to my job as well. And so I've shared about that on the podcast. So that was, um, the listeners are aware of this, that, you know, I find it so key that if you are not prioritizing your well-being, it's going to have a ripple effect into absolutely everything, even your career. So thank you so much for sharing that. And that kind of led us into exactly why you decided to create your business, correct? It kind of just started from there. Yeah, so I wanted to 
have my own business. And for years, I think since like 2016, I've been thinking about wanting my own business, but I didn't really know what that was going to be like. And I just sat and waited and sat and waited. And I got increasingly frustrated because the perfect idea didn't just hit me sitting on the couch doing nothing, big shock. Um, and so it was just a long process of kind of the desire of not feeling like working a regular nine to five was what I wanted to do mixed with almost a guilt that I felt for wanting something else for my life. And I'm from a very small town. And so there, you know, everyone follows the same path, like get married, have babies, stay in the same job forever. And then that's just it. And that just never felt right to me. And then coupled with my experience working in nine to five and that just also never feeling right and me getting sick and all that. Um, so there were lots of different factors playing into that. My des desire of wanting to have more freedom and flexibility, however that would look like. Mm -hmm. um, and then also wanting to prioritize my well-being. And I realized too, especially the year leading up to COVID that I, I felt better mental health wise, but I got headaches so much. And I saw a chiropractor and an osteopath and I got massages. I get active acupuncture. I did all of these things that are supposed to help with headaches and no one, nothing worked. No one could figure out what was wrong. And so I spent so much money on that, trying to figure out what it was. And the second I didn't go into the office anymore, I haven't had a headache since, which is kind of crazy to me, but it must have just been because I'm, well, I would say I'm an introverted extrovert, but I really thrive being at home. And so being in my own environment and not having to converse with anyone if you don't want to. And so just being in my own environment and working in my own four walls and wearing pajamas if I want to, or just go for a long midday walk or something, that seemingly that was what I needed because even just the commuting and living in big cities, like I live in London now, I lived in New York before, that alone is so taxing mm -hmm. already because you're standing on the subway squeezed in with hundreds of other people, people are yelling at you, people are in a bad mood, there's always a rush. And so by the time I got to work, I was subconsciously already so stressed out from the commute that my fuse was just a lot shorter already with than doing my actual work at work. And so as soon as the commute and all of that fell away, I've just instantly felt so much better. And it's just crazy to me that how much of an impact mental health things mm -hmm. like that have on your health, because on paper, I did all of the things like regarding my headache and nothing worked. And then I just don't go into the office anymore and it's just fixed. <laughs> It's really amazing. Thank you for sharing that because I've had a recent revelation myself too, where um, I was the same way. I used to be a nurse um, and I used to commute an hour and I was very stressed, get to work, burnt out. And I had really bad headaches, but I also had horrible eyesight um, and my eyesight was actually getting rapidly worse. And since I've left my job and really de-stressed my life, um, my eyesight has totally changed. And so it's amazing the impact stress can have on our physical bodies. And I just agree. That's why it's so important to, you know, prioritize your well-being and look at it because I had an aha moment the other day. My boyfriend pointed out a bird in the tree, which he's like, oh, you probably can't see it. And I was like, no, I can see it. And so 
just realizing, yeah, I could have been like, oh, hey, I'm seeing things, but realizing I'm living a more less stressed life really influences us. And I think that's yeah. really amazing. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, I really love, you know, that you're, you have this intention of helping, you know, others find a routine of really staying grounded and calm. Could you really share some tips on how someone could start developing a routine like you kind of have? Yeah, so I have a love-hate relationship when it comes to the word routine because routines are great and we need that. And I love routines because that's what I like with working at home. It's more or less the same in the sense I know what to expect and um, it's very free of stress. But at the same time, I think there's the stigma of having that perfect 10-step self-care routine that's not realistic and feasible for a lot of us, um, either because they just don't have time, because they don't want to, because of lifestyle preferences, whatever it may be. And so what I like to help my clients with is to, instead of working on their self-care routine, to just find, like build a self-care toolbox with different things that make them happy, that bring them joy, that make them feel more present, and then also is filled with activities that maybe their future self will thank them for. Like, even if it's just something small as putting out um, or setting up your coffee machine for the next day, or if you have an automatic function to get it set up so it's ready to go when you wake up. And so doing little things like that, um, that just brings some more joy into your life so you can feel more present. And also, I'm, I'm sure that all of us have a picture or a vision of our ideal version of ourselves in our head but a lot of the times we don't act in a, in a way that supports that and so when it comes to the routine and the self-care toolbox what I usually start with is to identify what they're struggling with right now and what's keeping them from getting there and also what their ideal self is doing that they don't currently do and then look at their schedule and their priorities and preferences and everything like that and then build different activities around that because also it's so important to find things that light you up that are really beneficial and helpful to you and make you happy and there's no point because in, you'll find in all of the self-care routine articles that are out there and especially those articles with like 10 morning routines millionaires swear by and things like that. They're always filled with journaling and meditating and all those things. And while that can be great, if that's for you, I don't personally do either one of them very frequently, but I still would say I have a very fulfilling self-care routine or a self-care toolbox with things that I enjoy that don't include those things because there's no point in doing those things if you don't enjoy doing them even though they might work for a majority of other people just for the sake of doing them. And so that was a lesson that I had to learn myself because I was working with a mindset coach um, a little over a year ago and she got me into journaling. And while I enjoyed it in our time together to process thoughts and feelings and all of that, I just couldn't stay consistent with it. And I was getting so down on myself about that because, you know, you hear everywhere you have to journal and journaling is so great for you. And yes, I agree it is, but it almost feels like a chore to me. And that's exactly what we don't want to happen mm -hmm. with self-care because then we start resenting it and we don't do it. And that's when we start making excuses and prioritize everything other than that self-care. That's a big thing too with 
setting the right priorities because so many of us say, well, I really want to put myself first, but, and a lot of the times the excuses, and I, yes, I say excuse because we all have five minutes to spare. We all have 10 minutes to spare. Even if you just look at your screen time on your phone, chances are you have maybe two, three, even more so hours in there that you're just aimlessly browsing. That's not related to your job if you're an entrepreneur. And that is exactly where you could make some time, but it is a priority. And so what you don't put the time to or what you make excuses for is what's not a priority to you. And so that is really important too, to do some mindset shifts around that to really do prioritize that because we all want to be healthier. We all want to be happier and feel better. And yet we put everything else first and ourselves last. And I think that is, it kind of comes from the nine to five corporate hustle culture too, that you're seen as not as dedicated or as successful as committed to your work or to your family, even if you prioritize something other than that. And I think that's where a lot of mindset shifting and work in my field still has to be done because that's not the case. You can still be an amazing business owner running a successful business. You can still be an amazing parent, an amazing partner, an amazing pet owner while still prioritizing yourself. And so I like to look at calendar management too and see uh, what can be eliminated. A lot of times there's things in there that you don't really need. Um, there's always more things that can be done in our to-do list. And so that is another thing with just letting go and becoming okay with not getting everything done. And so deprioritizing or just simply dropping things from your list to just free up some more time to have that time, uh, even beyond you scrolling on your phone, to have that time to prioritize you and prioritize yourself first every day. Because I know it's so easy when we have a busy day planned and then you say, oh, I'll just do it later. But then we all know how it goes. By the end of the day, we're exhausted or something else comes up and then we don't do it. And we say, okay, I'll do it tomorrow. And that's exactly why I also always say and teach that a self-care routine isn't sustainable because that implies you have to set aside like 30 minutes or so um, for that routine. But if you do little daily things in between, whether that's in between meetings you have, or if you just take a 10 minute break, it's much more sustainable that way. And that way you also get to break up your day. Yeah, I, I love that because I think that is something, it's something I even still struggle with myself. And I share a lot about that too, on how I visualize self-care. I kind of define it as, I find it just, it's a productive. I think it's a productive thing because you're fueling yourself to actually show up in the world and, um, I share a lot about too of, it's funny that you bring up the journaling and meditation because that's actually, that's what works for me. Um, and I have shared that before, but I also share, we all have to find what works best for us. And I think that's so important, um, that yeah, it works for me, but now you're a perfect example that it doesn't work for you, but you're still making time for the self-care as well. Um, that kind of leads me into, you know, when we are living a super busy lifestyle, like making, I like how you said, you know, making these little pockets of time, um, to prioritize the self-care and put kind of other things, kind of rearrange your to-do list, like to kind of go off of that. Do you have any like methods or tips on how someone could start doing that instead of like, 
because I get it. I feel guilty a lot when I'm not doing quote unquote my to do list. Um, so do you have any tips on that? Yeah, that's a tough one. And I know that's the thing that a lot of us really struggle with. And I think that goes back to mindset work too, asking yourself why you actually feel guilty and whether that is something that you actually believe in or if that's something that, um, like for for example, that is like a prime example of something that's ingrained in ourselves from working a nine to five office job because we need to work, otherwise we're seen as lazy if we just kind of look around and don't do anything. And so I would just ask yourself a couple simple questions or, well, maybe not so simple if it <laughs> requires some deeper digging of where your motivations um, and subconscious thoughts come from. But just letting go, I know it sounds so easy and it's so much harder to implement, but yeah, I would just really start with asking yourself why you feel that way. And if you like, what would happen if you just did take half an hour and you didn't do anything, like nothing. <laughs> and a lot of the times too, in, in business, a lot of the deadlines that we get stressed out by are set by ourselves. And I think sometimes we tend to forget that because again, we think of like our corporate days and um, times like that. And if we are the ones setting the deadlines, will it really make a world of a difference if we maybe push it back by a week? If that meant we would we would be less stressed. And more often than not, it's totally fine to do that. And so we are our worst enemy, truly, in a lot of these situations. And so just reassessing what you actually have to get done and kind of envisioning what would be the worst case scenario if you don't do these things today and you roll it over to tomorrow or if you just took the afternoon off or if you did push something back. And then going back to your calendar too to see if everything on your calendar and on your to-do list truly has to be done because a lot of the times when, when we're busy or we free up our time by delegating, we fill our calendar again with tasks just to be busy, but that don't actually make much of a difference because we want to be seen as productive and we want to kind of feel that we've done something and we've been productive, but being busy is not the same as being productive. And so whenever you do clear your schedule or you have a pocket of time, really sit into that and don't fill it up with anything else. Like for example, I just accounted this last week myself. I um, finished work early on Thursday um at uh, like four o'clock and i considered getting started on the next day's get to do list because i had i technically i had the time but i caught myself and i said no we're not going to do that i'm going to go for a long walk i'm going to go to the gym and i'll have like a really slow long late afternoon going into the night and so i had a really long and slow gym session and i like walked back because it's quite far rather than taking the bus and so it ended up being a really nice self-care afternoon night. And I felt so much more refreshed on Friday and the next day. And that's a, we, we get caught up into being productive and into doing things so much. But in the end, so I, even though this was barely a week ago, I remember everything from that day so vividly. But if someone asked me, what did you do on Tuesday? I don't think I could recall at the top of my head because I was just working. And so that's a fine balance too, to, to actually live the life that you want to live because it's so easy in getting caught up into mm -hmm. just being busy and doing things all the time. But 
when we look back, a lot of the times it wasn't, I don't want to say it wasn't important because ultimately that's going to get us to the next level and where we want to go. But it's also important to stop and make memories and fill our days and weeks with things that we like looking back on because if we do the same things over and over and if we stay in the same routine we actually perceive time to go by faster which is why all of last year feels like didn't even happen (laughs) (laughs) Um, because we just did the same things over and over and we hardly went out of our routine to do something new even if we like we all went on our little walks last year but we probably once we found one we liked, we continued to go on that same walk rather than trying different paths. And so that's just important to remember too, that if you just continue on your to-do list now versus if you just did something else that you'd enjoy doing with making memories and experiences and things like that. Yeah, I so agree. And um, I did, the listeners will remember, I did a couple episodes um, a while ago about how to be mindfully productive. And the biggest thing I talked about is when we do get so hung up on our to-do list, it's almost like we start living in autopilot. And it's what you said that we can't even recall what we were doing because it was like we were so focused on, you know, doing the next task, living in the future, and that can wear you down. And that's not bringing fulfillment into your life. And that's why I too feel like, you know, intentional living and living this conscious life is so important. Um, now that kind of leads into, you know, the topic of, I know, you know, prioritizing rest um, is really important. So could you maybe share on how you kind of help people, you know, it's hard. I feel like it's a lot of a mindset thing that you have to get over that mindset of allowing yourself to rest. You know, I hate to say that word allowing, but sometimes when you're first breaking this pattern of keep going, going, going. um, So could you maybe speak a little bit on that? Yeah, so a lot of the times we just self-sabotage ourselves when it comes to rest. And when it's, yeah, it's, it's completely right when you say um, allowing ourselves to rest because so often, especially in the early stages of being an entrepreneur, but even anyone, it feels like where it's almost like we tell ourselves we don't deserve to rest or we, we can't afford to rest and do nothing. And I think there's two stigmas in that. One is believing that we don't deserve it, but then also just the self-sabotage because resting will make us more productive and resting doesn't mean you have to do nothing. And that's, that's a big misconception too, because there's passive rest, there's active rest, there's actually seven types of different rests. Um, and sleeping is only one of them. And so I can touch on a couple. So for example, if you've been, Uh, Like I used to work like in a a fashion agency in a creative agency. We did a lot of brainstorming sessions for hours. And after that, I just felt so depleted because I was just thinking, thinking, thinking so much. And like sleep wouldn't have helped because my brain was just tired and I needed something to rest my brain. And so that falls into the category of um, creative rest. And I have a um, a blog post on that on on my website if you are curious and want to learn more about that. But that is part of when you brainstorm a lot and your brain's just tired of, you need then creative rest. And a couple of ways that you can go about getting creative rest is to read a book, go out in nature, listen to a podcast, draw, play an instrument, anything that's kind of creative, but doesn't require a lot of thinking that 
kind of gets you out of your head so you can rest that part of your brain and you can do something else and when you sleep eight plus hours but you still feel tired chances are that some of your other six types of rest isn't fulfilled and so when we don't allow ourselves to rest we're only going to sacrifice other areas of our lives because it's not just i'm not not like i said i'm not just talking about sleeping when i talk about rest it's just truly so important for our mental health and for just our general well-being because we can't run on fumes and luckily there's more of a movement now where the hustle culture is being mm. broken down and it's more about the slow and sustainable progress but yet and talking to to my clients i know so many people do struggle with making again making the time to rest but also self-sabotaging by telling themselves they can't afford to rest now or they don't feel like they deserve to rest because they haven't achieved or done xyz in their business or personal life or in the household or whatever it may be but realistically there's never enough time to get everything done and so if we keep being in that mindset we're never going to get anything done which means we're never going to have time to do any of the things that we actually enjoy doing that are important um, because we don't set the prior the right priorities and so it really all starts with mindset even though that's maybe a slightly boring or frustrating answer <laughs> but with a lot of these self-care things you really need to be in the right headspace in order for you to make progress because you can say i want to rest and i want to lay down or i want to make more time for this it's not all you want but if you don't actually do it that doesn't hold any power over you. And so when you want to make change in your life and you want to become healthier or make time for self-care or you want to rest more, be that person, act like that person, tell your friends you are that person so they can hold you accountable. Don't just say you're going to do something and truly put some effort and reshuffle your priorities to actually make it happen. I I absolutely love that, you know, showing up as that person you want to be. And I think a lot of times that comes down to as hard as it is, um, you know, it comes back to that self-accountability. And sometimes we don't like to do that. Sometimes it is challenging um, and it's easier to brush it off. But I always like to say, if, you know, you focus on that vision that you're working towards to living that fulfilled, joyful life, it really helps you give motivation to realize, okay, I got to stay accountable to rest and to self-care. And it can just have this beautiful ripple effect into the rest of your life. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing or the biggest problem that a lot of people struggle with when it comes to self-care really is the accountability part, because mm -hmm. We all know we should drink more water. We all know we should sleep some more. We all know we shouldn't be on our phones 24 seven and especially before bed. Um, but it's a completely different things to actually do those things. And if we are the ones holding ourselves accountable, it's so much easier to let ourselves slip because we don't like letting other people down if we commit to doing something for them or meeting up with them. But when it comes to commitments to ourselves, it's so easy to just drop the ball and say, well, I'll just do it tomorrow. Um, and then it just gets into this never ending cycle. And that's exactly what I help my clients with, with more so the accountability part. I mean, yes, I will also help them with um, reprioritizing their calendar and looking at habits and routines and building their self-care toolbox. But 
it's really more so of having me in their corner, checking in, holding them accountable, making sure they're doing what they committed to doing because it's always something else, a different story if there's someone else <laughs> in the yeah. game that holds you accountable rather than just yourself. Yeah, I think, yeah, do not doing it alone and having a support of someone else is absolutely incredible. Yes, yeah. yeah. And so I know you kind of touched upon, you know, staying off of our phone. Could you chat a little bit about, you know, digital wellness and how that affects our well-being and how we could kind of ease into that? Yes. So off of the point that I just said, we all know that being on our phone isn't very healthy for us in so many different ways because we spend way too much time on it. But actually being on our phone has like a scientifically proven, really addictive state to us uh, for us similar to actually um, using coke because it stimulates the same areas in our brain releasing dopamine which is part of the happiness hormone Mm -hmm. and so if we scroll and we see new things and for example like on instagram and facebook when we refresh we'll always see a new set of things and so in our brain that signals kind of like a game almost oh there's always new things there's new colors there's no new notifications we want more of that And even if we don't actively want those things, that's what our brain is telling us. And so even if we stay up late at night, um, staying up way past our bedtime, browsing, scrolling, we're exhausted the next day and we tell ourselves, okay, tonight is going to be different. And then it's the exact same thing over again because our brain likes doing that because it sets, it puts us in such an addictive state. And so with that too, accountability is really important, but there are some things that you can do to make it a little bit easier to be on your phone less. And so if you have an iPhone, there's little things like um, setting screen time limits and putting some time limits behind certain apps. But what you could also do is, for example, um, you could minimize the apps that you use. So for example, on your home screen, you could have only like the top three or four apps that you usually use. And then everything else you either delete or put on like page two or three. So it's not as in your face every time you open your phone or unlock your phone, just so it minimizes um, distractions. And you can also, you can change your um, phone background to something that's a little bit more inspiring, or maybe even a reminder is saying like, put your phone down. Um, You can change the colors of your app. So it's a little bit more muted. So it's not as overloading your senses with all these different colors. But when it comes, so there's, there's, lots of different things you can do within your actual phone that help you improve your boundaries, like um, uh, turning off all notifications, going through your images, answering emails right away, things like that. But when it comes to actually picking up your phone, it's all about interrupting the impulse of wanting to pick up our phone. And you mentioned this earlier with the autopilot, that is a really big thing with her phone because I, since I need it a lot for work, my phone is always next Mm -hmm. to me. And there's so many times where my hand is reaching for my phone without me actually intending to, because it's almost like it's ingrained in my muscle memory. If I don't pick up my phone every 10 minutes, then it's almost like my hand is searching for something. And so, but because it's, my phone is always there and when I reach for it, it's there and I've caught myself so many times scrolling through my phone five minutes in thinking, why did I even pick this up in the first place? And so it's all about interrupting that cycle. And so what you can do is uh, you can put your phone in a different room 
or you can turn it off so that when you get that cue and that urge to pick up your phone, it's either not there and you would actively have to think about, oh, if I really want my phone, I have to get up and get it, which usually is enough for us to break out of that autopilot and realize, well, actually, I don't even want my phone right now. Or if you turn it off, you'll still grab it, but it doesn't turn on immediately and that interrupts your thinking too. And so there's a couple different things that you can do that support kind of that interruption of habit that make it a little bit easier because that is enough for your brain to just get snapped out of that autopilot mode. So you can then actually make an intentional and conscious decision again with, wait a second, I don't actually want to pick up my phone right now. And the more you practice that and intentional decision-making with everything you make and asking yourself if this habit or this activity is getting you closer to where you want to be, how you want to live, what you want to do, um, is really important to get you in a more present and intentional mindset. And that goes back to your phone too. So um, you could do, or even just start with looking at how much time you're currently spending on your phone and then set yourself a goal that let's say right now your screen time is like five hours. So don't tell yourself by next week you'll you'll be you're going to reduce it to two hours because that's just way too much of a gap and it's unrealistic because we all have fallbacks and so um just be a real be realistic and set small goals so if your screen time right now is five hours then maybe next week your average screen time goal could be four hours and 45 minutes so just start small but then also make sure that you actually celebrate those wins or make sure that you acknowledge that you've achieved this or even gamify it and say, okay, if I was able to do this four, four days in a row, I'm going to treat myself to X, Y, Z, my favorite coffee at this fancy coffee shop or whatever it may be, something like that. Um, but just don't set yourself up by for success by setting your goals way too high. And you can start a habit tracker for all your, your general healthy habits, but with your phone too, and put your screen time on there and make a check every time you actually do hit your screen time limit. I absolutely, I love that idea of having a habit tracker. Um, I think that's a really good idea. Like um, when you kind of recommend that, you know, the digital wellness as well, you know, maybe also including, you know, the self care stuff, the taking rest, is that kind of what you would usually recommend to put on there as well? Yeah, so it can be anything that you want to. So I have I have things on there that I don't necessarily always remember on my own. And so when I look at them, I know, uh, like, for example, um, I have supplements and I don't take them every day because I tend to forget. Um, and so taking supplements is one thing that I have on my list. But for example, I always have like a two um, a gallon water bottle next to me. And so I automatically remember to drink water. So that's something that I don't need to put on there because I just finished the bottle and then that's my water intake for the day. Um, but it can be anything you want to. It can even be where you can track your period and see um, how that might even influence your mood or your productivity or anything like that. It can be habits that you want to track. It can be tracking if you get headaches or anything like that. So you can see um, you can do it as granular or as broad as you want to, but if you go really granular, and for example, if you do have a lot of headaches or you have other sorts of 
issues with your body, like you've eaten gluten or anything like that, you can track all of those things there. And then maybe you're able to pinpoint and track what maybe caused your headache, for example, because you've eaten gluten that day or because you didn't move that day, didn't go outside that day. So it, it can be even things like um, take five minutes to just breathe or go outside or open a window, whatever it may be, anything that you want to remember that you know is healthy and good for you to put on there and then you just have it all in one place and you can look at it in the morning and at night and then check everything off. I, I think that's that's a great little tidbit. I'm like, I even want to try it myself. Even I loved what you shared about, because I'm the same way, you know, a lot of my business happens on my phone and I think a lot of people can relate to that, especially, you know, in this day and age where I end up, you know, getting on to be quote unquote productive. And then I do find myself scrolling on Instagram, Facebook, and it's like, oh my goodness, where'd that 45 minutes go? That was wasted. So to just shuffle those um, things to like a different page on an iPhone, I'm like, I think that sometimes it's the simplest things of just doing something like that, that can have this huge impact to remind you, hey, that's not how I want to spend my time. Yeah, it's all about setting yourself up for success. So in the, in this case, you can have different, well, different folders if they're next to each other, then that's not going to be very helpful. But if you utilize different pages or you even, uh, if there's certain apps that you know are a big time suck for you, then you could delete it off completely for even just a day or um, just put it like within a folder, within a folder on page four of your home screen. So it just takes a while to get there. Um, so just doing little things like that, that, you know, will help you in the future. And that's what I meant earlier too, when I said setting, doing things that your future self will be thankful for, Mm -hmm. because you do that once. And with those things, it'll save you so much time in the long run. Like with this, for example, you put your app away once in the different folder. And also that kind of signals your brain, because every time you have to tap through all these different folders to get back to that app that you don't want to use you then realize, well, there's a reason it's so difficult to get to this app because I don't want to use it. And so that then goes back into just building in a little interruption into your negative habits that gets you thinking because autopilot is basically just your brain's response to not think because Mm -hmm. your brain naturally or our brain naturally wants to put everything on autopilot to preserve our thinking power. And so that's why when we interrupt it, it's important because then we snap out of that and realize what's actually going on and then we can pivot. Yeah, I, I think that's so great. That's something I actually, you know, share a lot with my clients too because I say a lot sometimes our mindset and our mind gets really hooked on doing these routines of scrolling or, you know, not prioritizing self-care. So it's almost like we have to rewire our mindset to do those things. And so... Thank you for sharing those great little tips and golden nuggets because I think it could really help people. So thank you. Yeah, of course. And that's why it's so hard to break those bad negative habits too because chances are we've been doing them for a very long time. And so the longer we've been doing them and the more natural it has been a part of our day, the harder it is going to to break those. And so it's just important to stick with those but also set small realistic enough goals that you do make progress but you don't set yourself up um, for failure by not meeting those because your goals are too big. So any progress is great. Yeah, and thank you for saying that because I love that because I think, you know, I've done this in the past myself too. We set intentions that, you know, we want to create this, you know, whole wellness, 
you know, well-being thing of taking care of ourselves, but it's like we jump from doing nothing to like, let me do absolutely everything to take care of myself and now just burn people out. And so do you kind of feel like the best way is kind of just start small and keep celebrating those wins as you're going? Yes, for sure. And even a fun way, if you don't know what you could do for your self-care or you don't really know what you might enjoy, you can just even Google self-care activities and write everything out, put it in like a jar. And then every day you pull one and then you can keep track of whether you, so if you enjoyed it, you put it back in the jar. And if you didn't enjoy it, then you just put it in the trash. Um, because that way it gives you some more ideas of things that you maybe wouldn't have thought about. And also when I say self-care, I'm not talking about like baths and doing a facial and yes, that can be self-care. Um, and that's, great self-care, but self-care is also not avoiding your finances and having a look at your debt and your credit cards or um, making up with friends you might have fallen out with if it's worth making up over. And so it can be anything. So self-care is uncomfortable things too, but just anything that'll benefit your quality of life can be self-care. And it can be as little as just taking 10 minutes to intentionally play with your dog because chances are that's going to make you happy and bring a smile to your face or your cat or your bunny or whatever pet you have, if you have any. Um, I don't have a pet, but I love dogs and I live right over a pet grooming um, business and they have a little backyard area that the dogs go to when they're done, if their owner hasn't picked them up yet. And sometimes I just stand by my window for 10 minutes watching them because I love dogs and it just brings a smile to my face. And every time I do that, it's just because there's so many things going on in our world and it's just such a wholesome picture to just stand there and kind of blend everything out and just be really intentional and present with just watching those dogs and then everything in the world is okay. (laughs) Um, So yeah, don't overwhelm yourself with wanting to do 20 different things at the same time, but also it's a, it's a thing of figuring out what works for you. If, if you prefer to do half an hour of things, Uh, like especially with your morning routine and I think that's what a lot of people focus on too because I personally prefer a nighttime routine and I spend a lot more time on my nighttime routine and I need that routine for me to fully settle down and relax into the night but I don't really have a morning routine other than like do my skincare and stuff like that but I eat breakfast and then I work I don't have like read 30 pages of a book type stuff yeah (laughs) um but if that's what works for you and you prefer to just do it in the morning and then you can focus on work then that's great but if you don't want to have a long routine or do even 15 minutes of something just do little things and you might already be doing a lot of those things like playing with your dog but you might not do it with the intention of making it making yourself happy doing those things or being extra present in those moments and so that can really help too if you draw the awareness and your attention to what you're actually doing right now and paying attention to how that makes you feel. Hmm. I think, you know, that that really great nugget in there that I'm so happy you shared was I think there is this idea out there that self-care is just, oh, I'm putting a face mask on, I'm taking a bath. I love doing those things, but I also have like a thousand other things that I define as self-care. And I think it's really important for us to break that, you know, image out there that that's only what self-care is. It is exactly what you said. Maybe looking at your finances, doing the uncomfortable things, 
you know, that doesn't always fit that image of, oh, it's just pampering myself. It's actually, you know, what you said, working towards that person, you know, you desire to be by nurturing yourself. And so I think that is a really important concept and something I really appreciate you sharing. So I think it's an important message. Yeah, of course. Thank you. All right. Well, Olivia, can you share how the listeners could connect with you or work with you? Yes, I'd love to. So you can find me on Instagram at Made with Lemons Co. And I am offering one-on-one coaching, Voxer coaching specifically, which is a voice messaging app because I know you're busy. And like I mentioned earlier, it's mostly just for the accountability and streamlining your processes and your calendar. So I don't want to take any more of your time, but you'll have me there in your corner and cheering you on with whatever it is you want to work on. But I also have an online course called Clear Your Way to Calm, which is launching soon again. And that is all around simplifying your life in a holistic way to just look at everything like mindset, home organization, digital wellness. Um, But I just love sharing about anything, everything that we've touched on in this podcast. And you'll find lots of resources and free guides on my Instagram. So feel free to hop on over and say hi on there. I'd love to have a chat and say hello. Awesome. Thank you. And before we go, if you don't mind, I'd love to ask, because I love your business name, Made with Lemons. Would you share a little bit how that came about? Yeah. So it was, well, it kind of has a double meaning. So one was Made with Love, Made with Lemons. That was a play on words because when I work with my clients, I truly care and I genuinely want them to succeed and do better and achieve their goals. And so I thought that was a nice little nod to everything I offer is made with love and made with lemons. And then a mixture of when life gives you lemons. So when my clients come to me, then whether that's their business or their personal life isn't usually the best it could be. And so I then take that and make it into something that's more enjoyable to you and it just feels in more alignment. So it's just this mix of made with love, made with lemons, and when life gives you lemons and that came into made with lemons. (laughs) I absolutely love that. That's inspiring and also so fun. So thank you so much, Livia, for coming on and chatting with me today on the podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This was so much fun. Thank you. All right, my sweet friends, thank you so much for tuning into this special episode. I hope you enjoyed this chat I had with Olivia as much as I did. And I really definitely got some golden nuggets and some things I want to try in my own life from what she shared. And I hope it inspires you to really take action on living more intentionally and start implementing some self-care in your life, however that looks for you. Be sure to check out Livia on Instagram or her website, which I will have tagged in the show notes. And of course, be sure to be following The Mindful Gal on Instagram. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd greatly appreciate it if you left a review. But I will see you next week here at the Mindful Gal Podcast. Have a wonderful week, my sweet friend. Be well.